And welcome everyone to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. As always, I am Matt. And today, once again, I'm joined by my wonderful, talented, fabulous, fantastic co-host Slade. Slade, how's it going on this uh, early September Thursday afternoon for you up there? Going well. Um, we're hopefully going to see, um, it looks like some temperatures are about to start dropping soon, which I'm, I can't tell you how excited that makes me um i'm glad to hear that you're safe down there uh down in down from hurricane ida i don't know i don't know if we had talked about it last time i was supposed to go to panama city last uh early this week late late last week that the hurricane ida put the kibosh on that and so we just stayed up this way and glad to hear you're doing well i know there have been a lot of flood damage um our buddy Breck's uh, radio station, he it got hammer, it got you know some straight line winds knocked over a tower and crashed into that building, which looked terrifying. So glad to hear you're doing good. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Uh, in case you've been under a rock for the last week or so, there was a hurricane that came through, um, and it luckily most of Mississippi, I would say, was spared. Um, there was some hit or miss damage, but obviously the majority of the storm uh, impacted South Louisiana really right. bad. Um, so obviously, having gone through Katrina myself, uh, I, I told myself back then when I was 16 uh, that if another Katrina ever came through, I would not be in Hattiesburg when it happened. Um, cause I mean, Slade, I'm, I'm a hundred miles from the beach, but we were without power for three weeks and water. And uh, it, that Katrina was, was off. That was before self. I had a, I didn't have a cell phone. I was 16 years old. Right. This is 2005. You know, uh, there was no so even, social media. So even, yeah. Even if you have a cell phone in 05. Yeah, it wasn't what it was. Know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, might, if you were really fancy, have one of them flip phones where you could see football scores. Yeah, but there was still no like Wi-Fi or hotspots right. and all this and that. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, you're. I, I suffered through that, and I, I put suffer in a light term because obviously there was uh, many more people who who truly, truly did suffer from that storm. But uh, I, I told myself if I had the ability, I would not be in Hattiesburg if another Katrina came through. And this is the closest thing since Katrina that looked like Katrina. Um, right. It was a little bit smaller in size, but it, it, it still packed a punch. So my thoughts um, obviously go out to the people of South Louisiana. Uh, there's a lot of them that are up here in Hattiesburg. They had to evacuate um, and they haven't been able to go back. So the traffic in Hattiesburg is, is a little busier than it already is. Right. Um, but everything is going pretty well up here. All things considered, man. Uh, like I said, we, we 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 came out on the lucky end of it. Uh, we got lucky on it. But, um, yeah, like you mentioned, temperatures seem to start going down. This humidity starting to creep out a little bit. Uh, right. We had a pretty day today. So, you know, looking forward to the weekend with football starting or college football starting officially, uh, which means NFL is on the horizon. And, and we get to do this whole thing over again. Uh, so I'm, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. also another reason I'm blessed. Sorry to cut you off, Slade, but I, I told you this before we started recording. But my wonderful fiance uh, purchased a microphone for me for my birthday last week, and so this is the first week that I'm using it. Uh, so just bear with me, I guess, uh, and I and I'll get this thing situated. Uh, and hopefully be able to use this microphone to my advantage and, and won't have many more episodes of sounding like I'm in a tunnel or, or some other contraption that I shouldn't be in while talking. But uh, so, yeah, I was happy to receive that. Very appreciative and thankful for that as well. So like I said, man, I'm overall blessed. Can't, can't really complain. Um, and, and now I'm talking to you. This is our weekly uh, wrestling therapy session, I guess you could say. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, we're doing this week. We're doing since we got a gap between uh, pay per views and whatnot. We we figured we would do another watch along. Uh, this week we are going back to the early '90s. We are going to the wonderful world of WCW and what was WCW Saturday Night. Now, Slade, before we get into the the, the specific watch along. Um, Overall, like in a general sense, when somebody mentions WCW Saturday night, like is there, are there any memories or anything that just pop into your head? You know, um, I'm thinking of sitting in the living room Saturday night, obviously, um, mm-hmm. dinner or supper um, as a little kid and seeing dad flipping channels and it came on and uh, so I was just wondering, are there any kind of memories that stick out to you when either when you see the logo or branding or somebody mentions WCW Saturday night? So when I was a kid, I, I, I think I've mentioned it on this show before. Um, when I was a really little kid, before I really remember watching pro wrestling, I was a WWF guy. Um, we lived in Hamilton, Alabama. We had the USA Network. So I watched the WWF. When I was four, we got my dad got his first coaching job, a little place called Curry, which is over in Walker County, about 40 miles northwest of Birmingham. And um, that cable company did not provide USA. They did provide TBS. So I became a WCW fan basically by default and by necessity. I needed my wrestling fix and WCW provided it for me. And you, you might not be old enough to remember this. And if you're, and if you're really young, listen to this. I know you don't remember this. There used to be this thing called Turner Time. And Ted Turner had a concept. Instead of starting your show at 6 o'clock. Oh, 6.05. 6.05 or 3.05. Right. And, and the thinking was he might could lure you in. It was, well, it was that. And if you had it on TV Guide, if you had a 3 o'clock show, you know, you'd get kind of lost in the shuffle but if you had a 305 it'd have to slot that for you it stuck so out yeah. people could come would watch his shows so six well 605 eastern so 505 in alabama and mississippi was when it came on and so for me as a guilt really little kid we had two tvs in the house there's the main the big one in the living room which you know that was mom and dad's domain but they would let me go to their bedroom, and they had a little 13-inch CRT TV. And on Saturday nights at 5 o'clock, I would bebop back there. I would catch the end of generally like the Beverly Hillbillies or the Andy Griffith show that would come on before that. And 
you'd watch Saturday Night Live or not Saturday Night Live, WCW Saturday Night from 505 or from 505 to 605 or, you know, they had a big show, maybe 705. Right. And, you know, you grew up watching that. And before Nitro came along in 95, that was WCW show. Um, Dusty Rhodes used to always call it the mothership, baby, <laughs> the mothership. Y'all here on the mothership because that was the show that sort of started the TBS superstation as we know it. Right. Um, that that he was a that Ted Turner put on and was the first thing that really drew big ratings outside of Atlanta. So Turner always had a soft spot for it, and Dusty always sort of made it out, out like you know this is the show where everything's happening. Now toward the end, that wasn't the case. But in 1992, WCW Saturday Night. Saturday night was the biggest show they had on TV on a weekly basis. Um, in 1992, they also had like a weird format. Um, so I'm barely, I don't re really remember this era that well. Um, I remember WCW Saturday night is more of a pure wrestling show. Like, especially toward the end, Nitro was more entertainment. There was a lot more variety. There was a lot more, um, you know, promos. You had the Nitro girls and stuff like that. Whereas Saturday night was basically pure wrestling and a couple of, you know, after the match, you'd talk to the guy who, who fought, he had talked and that'd be it. So I always thought of Saturday night as more of the pure wrestling show. Right. But in 92, they had like this deal where it's kind of like a, they had like a, it, it, I'm not saying it wasn't a wrestling show, but they had like a talk show gimmick where Jim Ross would be hosting the show and he'd have a co-host. And like one week it was uh, uh, Randy Owen from Alabama. One week he had like, you know, you'd have a football player on this episode, uh, Teddy Long, Theodore R. Long will be our co-host. So, but yeah, growing up, Saturday night was one of those things that I did all the time growing up. And then as I got older, I sort of lost sight of it. And then I, and then toward the end, I started rewatching it some, and I really liked it. And then it kind of got like WCW in general, it kind of got an unceremonious uh, ending. I think it ended pretty much without any fanfare. It was just done one yeah, day. It just seemingly got dropped. Like, like one afternoon, one Saturday afternoon at 5.05, I turn on the TV and there's a movie on. Yeah. Why is Saturday night not on? And, yeah. and come to find out, Jamie Kellner had killed it and that was that. Yep. Yeah, WCW Saturday night was the first. That along with Monday Night Raw, obviously, were the first two wrestling shows I can remember seeing uh like the intro and stuff in my head right um those are the first two shows i remember watching as a kid and that got me into wrestling so yeah anytime i then that's why i was wondering with you because anytime i hear of like wcw saturday night or see the logo or the theme music um it just kind of takes me back for a little while oh yeah and so, so yeah so like saturday night was just one of those things and then and and if you were if when I was a kid they had WCW really had like three shows on weekends. They had the Power Hour, which was on like eight to nine a.m. or, or sorry eight oh five to nine oh five a.m. And then they had Saturday night, which was the flagship. And then they had a I think it was like a six oh five Sunday night show called the main event. And that would be and that was and they had like this control room and you're gonna and you actually will see it on this episode where they would show like matches and then they'd show clips of like various like house shows and stuff and say, look at what happened when 
Arn Anderson wrestled Dustin Rhodes in the Richmond Coliseum on Tuesday night. And it was a really interesting way. I think Eric Bischoff hosted for a little while, and Jim Ross would host it from time to time. Jesse Ventura hosted it from time to time. It was some really cool stuff when you were, you know, eight years old. Right. Uh, I agree with you completely on that. So, Slade, enough of the talking? So, if you're watching along with us, um, it's it's on WC. It's kind of hard to find, but if you can find it, WCW Saturday night, there's only two seasons. This is season one. I believe it's episode seven, but it, the date is May 16th, 1992. Say um, it again for him. May 16th, 1992. This is the night before WCW Wrestle War 92, which had a famous main event, uh, a War Games match between the Dangerous Alliance, which was Stone Cold, which was Steve, stunning Steve Austin before pre Stone Cold, uh, the late, great, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Larry Zabisco, Arn Anderson, and Ravishing Rick Rude, and Sting Squadron, which was Sting, obviously, um, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That, but so going into the night, that's your main event for the next night, and they're leading up to this. Yeah, that that's a. A really fun show i've went back and watched it a few times yes uh so yeah if 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 you're listening and you haven't seen russell war 92 can check recommend it out it as well yeah it, it's it, a fun it's, watch the the war games match that i just mentioned is one of my all-time favorite matches yeah, it was a, it was a good one it was very entertaining yes yes had it all and and of course if you don't know that the name the dangerous alliance came from the fact that it was helmed by Paulie Dangerously, who we all know now as Paul Heyman. Um, it blows my mind that Paul Heyman was 27 years old when he was doing this. Yeah. Like, you have a 27-year-old who's got that faction in 1992. Yeah. Like, yeah, man's just, been good for a long time. Yes. Um, so, anyway, May 16th, 1992, Saturday night, where it's the – it's. It is in the parlance of today, the go home show before Wrestle War 92 at the Jacksonville Coliseum in Jacksonville, Florida. And so um, we have, I believe it's just three matches because it's only, it's only like a, like I said, this is like an, this is pre three hour Raw. This was when your rest, your wrestling show had an hour, maybe two if they were going to have a big main event or something big was going to happen. Right. So, you know, you didn't get three hours on a weekly basis. You got an hour, maybe two. You, and you got three hours, but it's divided over three shows. Right. So this is 1992. It's a little bit of a blast of the past, a little nostalgia um, um, burst here. But, yeah, May 16th, 92, leading up to Wrestle War 1992, um, WCW Saturday Night, the mothership as – Dusty Rhodes would say, Lord, I miss Dusty. Dusty's commentary on Saturday night also was gold back in the day. If you ever get a chance to listen to it, I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, Dusty's a legend for sure. Yes. Uh, so I think everybody should be um, already into the episode. 
at all zeros if you can get there. Um, and then all right, let me get there because mine's oh, a little gosh, ahead. Slade, jeez, My, mine gets a little ahead sometimes. <sighs> I'm at zero 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 one, so I'll give people time. Oh my goodness! All right then. Well, now that Slade's semi caught up with us, all right, we'll let him we give us the countdown. And then once All he right. says three, two, one, play, we will press right. play when he says play. All right. Three, two, one, play. Okay, Ron Simmons gave the second best spine buster of all time. I just want to point this out when I watch this intro. There's Nikita Koloff off line, Brian, with a suicide, with a lit suicide, legit suicide dive where he crashes the thing. Ooh, Cactus Jack on Sting coming into your living room. So, have we ever had the discussion on the podcast about the Spine Busters? I think I don't know one of our first it. ones we kind of... I think we did. Because I think we both agreed that Arns was one. And I think I had I think I think had Ron's as two. Yeah, no, I think I had Ron at one and Arns. at I think two, you had Ron at had, one and I had Arns. Yeah, we one. had them flip, but they were the same two. Yes. Oh, Missy High. Yeah, I agree with you on on his spine busters. Just devastating. It's 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 awesome. Jim Ross completely no soul being called beautiful by Missy Hyatt. <laughs> he, he looks so no much soul. younger, which he was. He's twenty nine years ago. Johnny B. Bad against Scotty Flamingo. On I forgot they had this run where they had two out of three falls matches just to sort of take time. Look at Theodore R. Long in the do-rag. That is amazing. And that's some amazing big hair on the woman next to him. Yes, yes. very early 90s. Teddy Long. Look, he's – look, look. Somebody up there is going to sass him. He's going to make him go one-on-one with The Undertaker tonight. Uh, yeah, that's all – yeah. And, it's, and if there's two – Teddy there's, Long. If there's – Four people in the ring that are going at it. We're going to have a tag team match. Yeah. You don't, you don't oh. mess with Teddy, Teddy Long. I love Teddy Long. I really loved him as general manager. He's great. So Teddy Long's doing some community outreach stuff in uh, in Atlanta. Um, and he's talking about how, how his heel run – and now he's going to be a, a good guy. He's going to be, he's going to be a decent guy, and he's going to going to donate his money and time to inner city Atlanta. Johnny B. Bad and Scotty Flamingo and <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. I just saw I just saw the Johnny B. Bad look, and I just can't stop laughing. Look at that eye line. And there's there's Scotty Flamingo, who who bears an uncanny resemblance to Raven. I don't know I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not, but he has an uncanny resemblance to Raven. Oh, Scotty Flamingo, that is Raven, by the way. If you didn't know that, it's also Johnny Polo. Um, yeah, Raven had a. Quite a like career arc, I guess you could say, character wise. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like from he, like he was where Scotty he was Pol- and yeah to where he wound up being. 
because he was Scotty Flamingo is like a WCW jobber or cruiserweight that, you know, I think he actually did get a run with the cruiserweight belt, but that was about it, or light heavyweight belt. Then he goes to the WWF and he's basically just a commentator. He's Johnny Polo. Yeah. And then he go, and then Heyman, you know, Paulie dangerously finds him and brings him to ECW and he just knocks it out of the park and is ECW's biggest thing going for years. And then he gets a pretty good payday back from WCW. Um, you know, gets a U.S. title run out of it. Uh, has a flock and everything. Gets frustrated with some of the stuff they were doing. Goes back to ECW and ends up in TNA. Hey, it's Gary Michael Capetta. I was about to say, I think Gary Michael Capetta might be my favorite ring announcer. Him or Finkel, but I love his They're voice, man. They're both really, really, really good. Yeah. I mean, Finkel... If you had a gun to my head, I'd pick Finkel, but uh, Gary Michael Capetta, he's very, I think he's just very underrated because nobody ever talks about him. Finkel, this is going to sound mean, and I don't mean to knock Capetta when I say this. Finkel struck me as more of a pure wrestling fan who is doing this than Capetta. Not to say that Capetta didn't enjoy himself or Capetta didn't like wrestling. I'm not saying that. But Finkel struck me as a guy who is a pro wrestler who just happened to be a ring announcer. Right. And a damn good one at that. Don't misunderstand me. Whereas Gary Michael Capetta seemed more like a professional ring announcer who just happened to enjoy pro wrestling. Right. I could see that. Like, there's just something about uh, Capetta's voice that I just, I don't know. Yes. Yes. And here we got. Uh, Gary Michael uh, Capetta is... Yeah, he's got a certain that cadence and that wrestling fans. Yeah, this is only a one fall match for the WCW Television Championship. Meanwhile, we have Super Invader, which is Hercules Hernandez under a mask, being managed by Harley Race in a handicap match against two jobbers. Oh. I can already go ahead and tell you this is not going to last long and it's not going to end well. Harley Race is beating this guy up and. Nick Patrick's looking right at it and not doing a darn thing about it because <laughs> what he did. He didn't want to do uh, anything about it. But um, you have and then you have poor, these poor jobbers just get destroyed. Powerbomb both in the ring. One, two, three. That that didn't take very long. Thankfully. Yeah. Um I believe I believe Ross makes mention that what's going to happen if if Harley Race gets it Super Invader and Big Van Vader together, which yeah, <laughs> I don't think that ever actually happened, and for good reason because Vader didn't need to be wasting his time with this. So now we've got we've got Jim Ross and the light heavyweight champion Flying Brian Pillman, who was as I've mentioned before. This is this is when I was probably the this is when I was a huge Pillman fan. I loved me some Brian Pillman in 1992. His, his attire screams 1992. Oh yeah, the, he's got the Canadian tuxedo, the mullet, um, gold chain, and he's got that he's got that raspy voice. He had a he, he, he's actually going to do commentary on this match if I remember correctly. Get a tag team match, which is clearly, I think this is clearly taped somewhere else. You've got very 
two very, very talented workers, Larry Zabisco and Arn Anderson. Yeah, Zabisco admittedly is one that I've always heard was legit, uh, but I I knew him around you know, you know WCW Saturday night when he right when he started commentating. Yeah, New World Odor. Yeah, and he Zabisco. was he was a pretty good commentator. He had his moments. He had moments. Like yeah, I mean he was yeah. I'll yeah. say that a lot of, and but a lot of times to me he just sounded really bored. There were yeah. I, there are times I think he didn't realize how he came off, and he's always kind of had a smarmy, right, holier than thou like cadence. Like I don't even know if that's who he actually is, right? But it's it just comes how he off comes that great. way. Uh, it it reminds me a little bit of Gary Danielson, right? Because uh, like Gary Danielson, and and if, if you've got if you, I know people don't love him, but Gary Danielson, if you actually just listen to what he says during games, he knows what he's talking about. Like he knows his football, but he he gets. He gets on something, and he comes across as this guy that just knows it all, and it gets aggravating. Meanwhile, we've got uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Nikita Koloff, who looks like he's lost 150 pounds since his Russian bear days. A.K.A. Karrion Cross's dad. Yes. Speaking speaking of Karrion Cross. Do we want to speak of Karrion Cross at this point? Uh, Ex NXT champion Karrion Cross. Um, I just. <sighs> what are they doing? Like, and I'm not even talking about the booking. I'm just talking about making him look like Demolition Cross. Like they at got- some point, I feel like. Cross is going is collateral damage, and I guess we can start talking about the rumors of Vince and Pritchard taking over the production side of NXT. And it feels like there's a disconnect between how um, Triple H and HBK and and Regal see Karrion Cross and Vince McMahon and Pritchard see. Now, I will be the first to admit. I, if that's the case, I tend to come down more on the side of Vince and Bruce, and that I really just don't quite get Karrion Cross. But if you're a good booker, you try to find a way to to play up your guy's strengths and make him look make him look good because you want him to look as good as possible. You want all your guys to look as good as possible because you want you want if you want them to be somebody, you need them to look good. If you want somebody to beat them to get over, they need to look credible. If you just beat a bunch of nobodies, you beat nobody. Right. Yeah. And it, with him, it's more of the, it's more, of, like I said, it's more of the presentation. It is my, my issues have nothing to do with the booking. Like a lot of people seem to have, I don't really care about that. Um, you know, because I don't, I don't believe that Vince or uh, Bruce or whoever's running Raw or SmackDown, the shows that these wrestlers are getting caught up to, I don't think they should be uh, uh, maintaining the storyline from NXT. Like, not every right. time, 
uh, I mean, you could argue that the, the cross storyline would, would be a good one for him to debut with, but also, like you said, if Vince isn't into him, uh, or Bruce or Kevin Dunn, it, it, they're not going to do it. Uh, I just don't understand who can look and say, yeah, let's put this bondage looking yeah. stuff on, on him. And it's going to make people care. Like how, how can you, that that's the stuff I don't get. Because you're not giving him a chance, essentially. Even if you don't say something and you give him a chance. Right, and that's what I'm saying. There's, there's... If you don't get it, when, one of the things I remember Triple H talking about the, earlier in NXT, and I don't want to harp on you know, this stuff, is that there were things that NXT that got over that he didn't understand. But he decided to let, you know, hey, the fan first, let's just keep giving it to him. And see if this can grow into something. You know, and it seems like Vince, and I don't know if it's Vince or what, I mean, it obviously is Vince, I don't know if it's, it's just Vince or if it's a combination, has this idea, well, if we don't like them, let's just cut them off the knees and prove ourselves right. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, I don't know, man. I it's just... all ridiculous and goofy and stupid. And then, when nobody takes them seriously, see, we knew we were right all we were right all along. Nobody takes them seriously, so why should we? Right. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's a weird thing because I kind of agree with you that like I haven't really gotten the carrying cross stuff. Uh, I think Scarlet's by far the biggest star out of that group. I agree with that 100%. Uh, out of that team. Uh, and I think Vince would think the same. So I don't know why she hasn't been on with him unless it's some kind of long play where she control. I don't know, but yeah, um, it's not going to. And I think that was a lot of the initial disdain outside of him losing to Hardy was that in his debut match was that Scarlett wasn't even there and they took right. away half his entrance and all the effects and stuff. So the only right. thing that most people could agree on with him, they took that away. Yes. Immediately. And I think that's what made it a bigger issue, you know, coupling that with losing the way he did to Hardy that people just kind of blew their, blew their load over it. But uh, with what they've done the last couple of weeks, I'm just kind of scratching my head. And speaking of scratching my head. Uh, we got beautiful Bobby in here. We have a, we have a pure four brawl. Oh, beautiful Bobby just shoved old Nick Patrick out of the way. Well, good. Nick Patrick deserved it. We've got, oh, a nice DDT there from Arn Anderson. I did like seeing earlier in the match Paul Heyman standing uh, on the ringside talking on that mobile phone, on the Zach Morris phone, as I call it. Yes. The 1990, the 1990 Zach Morris cell phone was just a, was a great, great, great thing. It really was. That, that match never really got going, unfortunately, which I think if they would have led it, it would have been great because you've got four guys that can go. Well, three that can go, and Nikita Koloff, who looks, again, like a skinny Russian bear. Hey, we've got the Z-Man, Tom Zink's in the house. Were you ever a Tom Zink man? You know, I honestly never knew who he was. 
Until... Don't feel bad. He was pretty much he was pretty much done with wrestling like within a year or two of this. No, I was going to say the only time I ever found out about him was when I started listening to Tony Schiavone's podcast. Because apparently Tony, Tony just... and Conrad have some kind of joke about how Tony thought Tom Zink was like the prettiest man ever and stuff. The Z Man, yeah, he passed just away friend. a few years ago. I remember when that happened. It's like blown away. Give uh, give all the listeners a time code for you, real quick. All right, hold on, just a second. Let me pull it up. We are at fifteen forty-two. There you go, everybody. So hopefully, everybody's caught up and watching along with us. Um, Tom Zink yeah, is talking. Yeah, I was going to say this is kind of going back to your point of how the earlier episodes uh, have more of a talk show style format to it. Uh, you got Zink is- and you got Pillman. Yeah, and this is already the second segment from this kind of talk show. You know, right. Shoot. Yeah, they're um, kind of shooting the breeze here. Um, they're kind of teasing. Um, we're going to have it. We're teasing because Pillman is going to end up wrestling Zinc for the light heavyweight title the next night at Wrestle War 92. And so Pillman and Zink were, were tag team partners. They were actually U.S. tag team champions in, in the early 90s uh, against the Midnight Express of Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan Lane. Brian Pillman was such a good heel. He really wasn't. Like, here he's a baby face yeah. with an edge, but you can – you can see the seeds of Hill of Hill Pillman being um being planted here. Yeah, I guess yeah. that is the one thing I do like about his character uh trajectory, if you will. Uh, because when he first came in, he was, you know, white meat babyface. Right. A lot like Marcus Bagwell was. But Bagwell, but, I mean, yeah. But, like Bagwell never really developed beyond that, but he did. But he became obnoxious. Hill, right? He never had was, the depth that Pillman did. Oh, we've got yeah. the hotline. We've got the control room for WCW magazine with Eric Bischoff there. But yeah, that's what I was going to say about Pillman was that you know his his turn was kind of progressive. There was yes. always um a little slight change here and there and then and, it, then, and then next thing you know holy crap he's a yeah hill. yeah he wound up doing a complete 180 from what he started out as oh yeah and it's very believable yes oh early young looking eric bischoff which which he's probably still was dying his hair at this point because you know he he became silver haired quick right I love these old like promo video, like yes. the graphics and the yes. how they transition them in and out. It's so great. Then Steamboat's Steamboat's got that big Band-Aid on his nose. Steamboat Very looks like he's going cross-eyed. Yes, which I would be too if I had a no <laughs> Band-Aid that big on my nose. I know. Dust Dustin Rhodes looks like nineteen years old in this. Yeah, he looks like he don't want to be there. He looks he looks like yeah, he looks like a high school kid that's being forced to hang out with his dad's old buddies. Right. Like he's got this leather jacket on, he's like, Oh God, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Look, I'll say a few words and maybe dad'll let me leave. Barry Wyndham with the sunglasses is just a great look. 
Ooh, we're going to have a tight seat. Oh, we have, oh, yeah, we had a tag team match between the Steiners and Fujinami and Asuka. The fabulous Freebirds versus Greg Barrett, Valentine, and the Taylor Made Man, T- Terry Taylor, as a tag team match. And I yeah. love that Wrestle War 92 gimmick or graphic. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, Gun- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, one tag team I never got? Who? Fabulous Freebirds. And I think it was solely because I caught the end of their run. Yeah, you yeah, didn't you, know. Yeah, I'm with you because it took because I remember I vaguely remembered the Freebirds like the early nineties. The 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 Terry the not Terry, the Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin group version. And then I for some reason at my 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 middle school library they had a pro wrestling book and i got checked it out one day and i saw it and i remember reading about it i'm like that can't be the same group that can't be the same free birds i know yeah can't be can't be and then i started watching some of their stuff with the von erics and it's like what in the world what in the world speaking of what in the world we got ricky steamboat he had just got off the payphone Love me a pay, a good payphone. Is there's Diamond Dallas Page in a random, like, with a fanny pack on? Yes. In 1992. This is pre. This is like DDP when he's like just starting to wrestle. Well, you know that's like one of the most random wrestling facts I ever found out about was him being the driver of Honky Tonk Man's car at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Like he right. started out as a manager. He didn't get into wrestling to uh, actually getting in the ring until after doing that. Right. Yeah, DDP is a true wrestling success story. Yes. And then what he's done after just 100%. Just it, it's mind blowing. Pillman referring to to <laughs> Pillman referring to uh, Johnny B. Bad and Scotty Flamingo as young competitors, which let me I'm gonna look this up because it's gonna bother me if I don't. Mark Marrow Mark Marrow's actually older than Johnny than Pillman. Mark Marrow was born in 1960. Pillman was born in 62. <laughs> and then Raven was born in 64. So, like, I, I guess you can get away with calling Raven young, but come on now. Like, like if you were in high school, you would have been – like, he could have gone to high school with both Raven and Mark Marrow, or Johnny B. Bad, I'm sorry. Right. And JT Southern here is the manager of Flamingo wearing uh, – he's playing a guitar, and oh. JT Southern looks ridiculous. Uh yeah, this is my the, first time really seeing him, and I gotta agree with you. And let me let me make this clear. There's a reason. This is a JT Southern at this point is like 28 years old, and he's he's got a good look. He's got the long blonde hair, pretty good size. Widely considered among the worst wrestlers in the history of the world. Um, and he is pretty much out of the business by the end of '92. And they tried to find some use for him, so they made him a manager for Scotty Flamingo. At first, they were kind of like a tag team. Right. 
and we have a, we have Johnny B. Bad with the the bad blaster, and he <laughs> he has a he just took a teddy bear and he put a he put a a kiss sticker a, a sticker of lips on a young girl's cheek, which ninety two was a different time, man. Yeah, I was about to say it's just wild how something like this got so over, but it was Johnny B. Bad was like super over. I, I will give Johnny B. Bad, or I'll give him this. He leaned one million percent into that character. Oh, he went all in. Like he didn't. He didn't like he like that gimmick on its own shouldn't work. A right. guy who's like talk about how pretty he is and is basically being Little Richard in wrestling form. Yeah. And give him credit. He could have easily just like made it not work, but he, he went all in. I, I'm going to give him credit. I don't know what kind of dance moves he's doing here. They look ridiculous. He's got the bad blaster. He's got yeah, pink and black around his neck. The kiss that don't miss. That was his finishing move. It was a punch because Mark Merrow was a legit gold glove boxer. Yeah. Like he was legit a really good boxer. Slade, so, give everybody a time code again, real quick. All right, let me pull it up right quick here. We are at 2442. Yeah, and that's, and I've said this before during other watch alongs and, and whatnot, but these one hour shows move so much. They just flow better. I don't know like, some about acknowledging them. Acknowledging that I don't love the concept of a of a talk show format on wrestling. Like they, this doesn't feel like a slog. I hate to say no, this. Yeah, that's all. At times, is a slog. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like even I'm the same way. I don't. I don't prefer the talk show style. Uh, I would prefer just more strictly wrestling. But at the same time, with it only being an hour. I don't, not, yeah, you you know, it's still flowing fine. Yeah, and it's like, and, and it's like, even if it starts getting not, if it starts flowing not so well, I know I don't have, I'm not, I'm not committed for another, I'm committed for another twenty minutes or so. Exactly. I can swallow that. Okay, I'm gonna say Johnny Flamingo Raven looks like ridiculously young here. Yeah, he does. Like he looks. Like he looks like he was just like he looks like he came right out of high school. He's got that. He's kind of got a, a one, two, three kids, six X Pac baby face going here. Because X, because yeah, one, two, three kid X Pac Sean Waltman looked like thirteen when he was first starting out. Uh, yeah, very baby face. Nice, uh, nice body slam there from Flamingo into a kick from bad Randy speaking, I think that's speaking the referee for this match speaking of one two three kid could you imagine how social media would react today if one two three kid were to be Razor Ramon in 2021 instead oh of my god they're happened. burying Razor Ramon Oh my God! He needs to there go to be, now because they're not going. Vince will never use him right. Dude, it would be absolutely insane, you know. And it was the, and it, it was it was great for both of them, right? Like, 
Like one, two, three got immediate credibility. And Razor never lost anything for it. Like nobody ever thought less of him. Nobody's like, oh my God. Like I, I understand the WWE has done a lot of damage to themselves as far as the way they book people. I get that. And I know that we'll wait and see has become kind of a kind of a joke because at times, you know, they do stupid stuff and it's like, hey, you told us to wait and see and this is what you gave us. But sometimes you just need to wait and see where they're going with it. Yep, absolutely. That's why I was kind of thinking when we were talking last week about the Bianca Belair and, and, and Becky Lynch stuff. I was like, my, I think that they're moving her to Raw, and this was their way of getting that SmackDown-specific title off of her. You know, I just again, I hope that I hope you're right, and I hope they at least do right okay. because again, I think right. I haven't and, had time to digest it. I still don't love what they did. Right. Yeah. I know they yeah. could have done that better. And and I don't want to make it sound like it's some genius idea or some master like this is just something that they had to do. Like it was the best of whatever the situation was, uh, you know, because Sasha rumor, you know, rumor was Sasha wasn't clear. And, you know, they didn't make that determination until the day of the show. It's not like they had a month to plan that out. Right. Uh, so it wasn't like it was some grand master plan, but uh, I just think, that would be the best possible uh, explanation that they could come up with would be, you know, without having to explain it, but because I think if she gets drafted to raw, then some people will be like, Oh, well, that's why they did what they did. I know. I know. And I'm and like, again, if they do it right, if you do this right, it can be a good thing. It's just, like I said, at the time, I thought it was short-sighted because oh, it was like, yeah. and I still think they could have handled it differently, but, and, and one thing I will say, from SmackDown, if, if the rumor of her being a heel is true, they didn't really get that off to a great start, and, and because she came out saying she missed the fans and all this, so, I mean, she kind of healed it by saying, I'm not fighting you tonight for the belt, you know, you're not getting a rematch that quick, but I, I but again, if Bianca can, Bianca thinks talented enough to make this work, and I know, I know Becky is. Well, I think, I think that they are invested enough in Bianca that they're going to get it to work. Yes, I agree so with that. I don't think they're dumping her at all. I don't, I don't think that's the plan. If that is the plan, they're dumb, like dumber than they're already being accused of being. Right. Uh, if your plan because is to it's bury like Bianca you said, to... yeah, it's like you said during the, the SummerSlam or one of our recent podcasts that the talent, there's just the natural talent with her is, is like, insane. Like she's got whatever it is she has. Right. She, she's got the look, she's got the athleticism, she's got the charisma, she's got the the natural ability to connect with the fans. And we've seen it in NXT. She can do it be either face or heel. Right. So, like, and she's, like, 24, 25 years old. You, you can build around her quick and have a 
really solid, credible women's division, especially if you start bringing some of those NXT women up. Yeah, I think that's what they'll do, man. They they have to cash in on her. Mm-hmm. You've got, I mean, you've got something. And speaking of having something, uh, I'm having a hard time concentrating on this match, but uh, old Scotty Polo Flamingo Joe is 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 taking it to to Johnny B. Bad right now. Or Johnny B. Bad just taking a whoop, and he had a he had like a three minute headlock on for a minute, but then then Flamingo body slammed him and it's been all flamingo ever since put him on that top rope and throwing some nice haymakers i gotta say though i don't think flamingo wants to get into a to a fighting a punching contest with the gold bluff boxer would not be ideal see johnny bag going for the top rope going for a sunset flip one two did he get the Oh, they each got one fall? Did I miss a Raven get a fall? Oh, Raven may have got a fall on one of those. Because there's those times we had those headlocks on. Right. So we've got one. It's And I forgot, it was the best two out of three falls match, which is like I said, they do that. They've done this a lot on the WCW. They, they have, especially at this time, it was a way to fill time and get a good match and get two guys in there that could go for a little while and take up some time. And then be bad with a beautiful, beautiful sunset flip to get a one, two, three, and we are tied one fall apiece. And now he's primping his hair. And there we go, all three. Johnny Bay goes for the most devastating move in pro wrestling, the quick roll-up. And now he's to the headlock. Yeah, I could just, I don't, I don't know. I think I could never get into uh Johnny B. Bad, man. I was one of the few kids that didn't, but I could never get into him. End run Johnny B. Bad was better because they sort of, they they made him a little bit more serious. But at the same time, it was, it, it's hard to really make that work. Right. Yeah. I, I, I can't put a finger on it. I just never, you know, I remember seeing him and we saw it here a few minutes ago when he came out the, the kids boys and girls went wild uh they like i said he was very over i just personally as a kid wasn't into it i liked bad okay like he was fine but yeah, he I, was I didn't hate him but i wasn't gonna be like champing at the bit to be watching right and like i said i didn't i wasn't gonna change the channel or walk out of the living room or something if he came on but it I'm just not never struck me the way yeah, you know, if I were to see him at a live event, I wouldn't have been jumping up and down because I got to see him. Yeah. So this is pre-Bill Watts WCW. I can tell because there's actually moves from the top rope. Yeah, no top rope. Like no I, top rope that, moves for the Cowboy. Cowboy was like, nope. Because it's weird watching the Cowboy, like watching some WCW matches from that era when, Guy goes to the top rope and he hits a move. 
that's a DQ. That's in the match. I'm like, what? And it almost it almost cut Pillman off at the knees, but Pillman because Pill because he was smart, basically was like he made it he made it work. Oh, nice athleticism from bad. Oh, double cross body. That can't feel good. Yeah, that didn't feel like a like it felt wonderful. That looked that looked paint. It didn't tickle. Let's see here. And they're both but they both look like that would hurt legit. But they don't look like selling hurting. Kind of like oh, Rob yeah, Van when he get the when he hit the five star frog splash. Yeah, they've been going at it. Oh yeah. And old JT Southern is still standing over with his back there to the hard, hard cam with his guitar. His over, yeah. Not doing a like, thing. And is that a Zubaz suit? I believe it is. <sighs> My goodness gracious. Because I think it's I think it's made to match uh Flamingo's trunks. Yep, and Flamingo has the is that pink and black Zubaz? On Flamingo? No, he's black and or he's blue with black stripes. I, I'm colorblind. This is this is why I need you around because yeah. if you no nah, Johnny B. Bad has on like pink and blue and yellow or purple and blue. I can tell the black, he looks like he's got on a loincloth. Yeah, on one side, and then there's like white stripes as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, now, it's, bad, it's, it's bad duck down to get a to get a back body drop, and Flamingo just leveled him with the kick right to the kisser. Flamingo from the second row. Oh, I forgot Lance Russell was working in WCW at this time. They just met, I just saw I have this close captioning on. I just saw his name come up and I was like, oh yeah, Lance Russell did work for WCW at this time. I mean, that Lance Russell had WCW had Lance Russell, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Jesse the Body Ventura at this time. That is amazing to me. Uh Flamingo just took a an amazing Shawn Michaels esque bump. Yes, he did. That was that was that was HBK at SummerSlam 05 against Hogan-esque. Yeah, that was yeah. not. I don't think I've ever seen one like that on the turnbuckle. The only other person I'd ever say would come close is Tom Zink's fellow Robbinsdale, Minnesota native, uh, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning can do that. Yeah, yeah. But those are about the only ones I can think of. I could see Ziggler doing it. Yeah. Is this the this is the last match on the show, isn't it? Yep. Wow, I didn't realize this was going to take this long. Well, yeah, it's one of those two out of three. And yeah, it, to... it's just when you hear Scotty Flamingo versus Johnny B. Bad, you're not thinking of some like twenty minute match. No, I truthfully I don't know that this oh, was the two... oh, guitar shot. Got a shot with the guitar with the guitar and the guitar is laying on the apron like the ref doesn't know. <laughs> He's the funny thing is he's looking at the at the guitar. Like I think you used it, but I can't prove it, so I'm just gonna go ahead and count it. <laughs> yeah. JT Southern comes in to he's gonna get, that's the weakest looking kicks I think I've ever seen. And here comes Tom Zink and 
I don't, I, I, the most 90s outfit I've ever seen. And now Flamingo gets a cheap shot in the back, and now Southern gets a cheap shot. These are ineffective shots because Zeke's able to find them back pretty good. Z Man yeah. being double teamed. Oh, somebody help him. Those are the, and there goes, there goes Pillman in his Canadian tuxedo. Despite cowboy being a proud boots. Son He's wearing of cowboy boots Cincinnati, too. Ohio. He's got a Canadian tuxedo on, paying homage to the Hart family. And then <laughs> Southern gets a knockout punch from Johnny B. Bad, gets knocked <laughs> out of the ring. Jim Ross calls it an electrifying situation. Oh, I'm I'm certain Ross is losing his mind right now. Yes. Closing moments of the matchup. We'll go behind. Southern. Oh my! Yeah, that was. <laughs> it hit the like it, it hit clearly the hits the rope before it yeah. hits him in the head. I don't think Jake Johnny wanted seven. to get hit. And now Jim Ross, who's got a very cherubic face at this time. <laughs> he's, he's, got that, he's got that very, it. he's got like a choir boy, chubby cheeked face here. He does. We got a, oh, we got a six man tag next week. Koloff, Steamboat, and, uh, and Dustin Rhodes versus Larry Zabisco, Bobby Eaton, and Arn Anderson. And why Zabisco's doing the talking for these three? I don't. I mean, Zabisco is pretty clearly the second biggest talk, best talker in that group. Look at Kerry Cross. But man, Arn, like Arn, could sell me a ticket to, the, to that match right now. Tell me that isn't Kerry Cross. Oh, very much so. <laughs> oh God, yes. Especially when he sticks his tongue out like that. And now we've got Tom Zink and Brian Pillman doing an interview. I had Jim Ross time and time after time after time. The Z-Man gets on a roll, starts to get out of a slump. We got things together. And you two punks, JT Southern and Scotty the Flamingo. (laughs) Shades of Bret Hart there. You two, if you two punks want a shot at me, I'll put the title on the line anytime, either one of you two. And then Pillman now Pillman's upset. Pillman's upset because he's because he ain't got a title yet. Pillman and him are fighting for the title tomorrow night. Yeah, they gave Pillman a lot of time in this episode. Yes. Pillman's over here getting all in on Tom Zink. Yep. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. They're about to go at it. They're about to go at it. Zink, the Z Man, and Pillman are going at it, getting ready to go at it. Jim Ross is like, we can't have this. We can't have this. Let's go. Let's go. And Pillman's ripped his shirt off. And now here comes the refs. Here, come, Well, I don't know who all it was. There's a guy in a leather shirt. Medusa's wardrobe. Missy Hunt's wardrobe. I didn't <laughs> see Medusa on there. 
Medusa was the other member of the of the what you may call it, and we got the classic Tony Schiavone. We're out of time as it goes to black as Tom Zink and Pillman are in the ring ready to fight. That was actually a pretty good way to end the show. Yes, it it, it teased that tension between the two yep. because because you know it's going to be that kind of that old school oh former partners that are both good guys. It's going to be a respectful match, but you know hey, they just got a little bit of they got a little bit of. Uh, animosity between them now yeah no i like that i like that I yeah, thought, I you know i was watching it and i felt like it was starting to drag on a little bit but they i like the way they ended it yeah like i think i said this i don't know that bad and flamingo are the ones i'd want to give it to like i think you'd been better served to make it that tag match between zabisco and arn and koloff and steamboat your two out of three falls yeah and let the what you may and let the um, bad flamingo match be like your five minute in between <laughs> the bad flamingo match <laughs> like that's funny. no pun intended but pun kind of intended right right uh but with that being said I, that was a you know it's always good to go back and watch uh, some wrestling that we we grew up on that kind of uh i guess you could say helped birth our love for what is professional right. wrestling and and still being into it to this day uh so yeah anytime i have a chance to go back and I've, i think i've said it multiple times on here usually i go to sleep with old wrestling on um not necessarily watching it but just as background noise right um but it, it puts me to sleep almost every night so yeah i'm always watching some older wrestling uh Mainly, mainly WWE and WCW. I have branched out on a couple of the, the territories now that those have been added on the Peacock uh, for a couple months now. I've, I've gotten into a few of those. But, yeah, man, it's – I'm to the point with the older stuff that even if it's bad, I'm still going to have some fun with it, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, like, like – and it's so much – and it's kind of nice to go back and watch what – what it used to be and and i don't yeah. want to be the guy that's like it, it used to be better but there is something kind of nice about an hour-long show in this case you know 42 minute runtime because you got the commercial breaks off where you you run the match you know you have matches you have a few things and then you're over with it you can have time to breathe and it's not just dragging and dragging like you said that flamingo bad match did like i said it probably wasn't the best idea to have those two be your two out of three falls match but even after it drags, you only have like three or four more minutes and you still get a pretty hot Tom Zink, Brian Pillman set up right after. So it, like it did drag a little bit, but I don't have, but now I've only, I've only, I've invested 35 minutes and I got five more right. instead of I've invested 35 minutes and I got two and a half hours. more. Yeah. It, it makes a difference for sure. It does. Uh, that, that is for sure. Well, Slade, do you have anything else for the people today, or you, you think we can wrap it up? I think we can. I, I, like I said, I do want to. I do want to implore you if you get a chance, watch that Wrestle War '92 show. It is amazing. Pillman and Zink's match actually turned out to be really good. But again, that, if if you watch nothing else, the War Games match between Sting Squadron, Sting, Barry Windham, uh, Natural Dustin Rhodes. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Nikita Koloff and the Dangerous Alliance, which was my brain just froze. Rick Rude, 
Bobby Eaton, Larry Zabisco, Arn Anderson, and Steve Austin with Paul Dangerously slash Hammond in the corner, do it. You yeah. will not be disappointed. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with all of, all of what he just said. Um, but, yeah, so, well, if Slade doesn't have anything for you, I don't have anything for you other than please give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Twitter. It would be greatly appreciated. On Facebook, we are at Turnbuckle Talk. I lied. On Facebook, we are at Buckle Talk. And on Twitter, we are at Turnbuckle P. Uh, like I said, please give us a like and a follow. You'll stay up to date on all things Turnbuckle Talk uh, and be the first to know when new episodes drop and, and, and be able to follow along with us when we do live tweet for events. Yes. Uh, but with that being said, anything else, Slade? No, I think I think we're good. Um, like I said, it's great to go back back in time and watch some old WCW Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it feels like I say this every episode, um, but I, I mean it. You know, this was really fun. Uh, the always enjoy doing watch alongs with you and whatnot, and and hopefully the people listening enjoy us doing it uh, and come back and tell a friend about it, and so they can get introduced to Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, Slade, we will come up. Uh, we'll get in touch sometime soon. We'll come right. up with an episode for the people next week. All righty. Um, might do a watch along, might do a top five list. We don't know. Uh, anything is possible. But we'll think of something. Absolutely. We'll, we will be back next week. In the meantime, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you're new to Turnbuckle Talk, please go back into our archives and, and, and get caught up. Uh, we cover a wide variety of, of things throughout our, our archives. Uh, and I think you can find something you'd enjoy listening to. Um, oh, yes. And if you're still here and you've been listening uh, consistently over the last crap, Slade, we've made it over <laughs> a year now. Because, um, like, we, I think our first episode was when I was in Kentucky. Yeah, I, I think it Kentucky. was right before you left for Kentucky. If it's right before I left, I left September thirteenth, twenty twenty. Yeah, I think it was before. I know that second. I know that I created the 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 Twitter account in September of twenty twenty. So it's either like right before, or right after I got to Kentucky. Yeah, so it was right around that date. Right. Uh, but regardless, yeah, we've been doing it right out a year now. There's plenty of content. Uh, we look forward to to bringing you guys another year of content uh if if we're able to uh with that, being, with that being said man we'll get on out of here we'll we'll let the people go uh like i said be on the lookout for us next week for another episode of turnbuckle talk in the meantime please give us a like and a follow on facebook and twitter uh we would appreciate that uh, but until next time everybody hope you take care love life smile uh, and we'll see you back here next time on turnbuckle talk y'all have a good one